This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Tiana, Jeremy, Jacob, Cheryl, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Booyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Keith, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Eric. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another savage episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Good evening. <laughs> What's gotten into you, my dude? I went and watched Cocaine Bear, and it was <laughs> nuts, man. Nuts. I've been wanting to see that. Is it good? Is dude, it, fun? It, it, it honestly, fun is... Uh, Fun is a weird word to use for this movie. Like, I I don't want to give spoilers, but at the same time, the movie's called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, so you like, kind of, you get an idea it, of where it's It gives it's going. you the plot and the title, right? You know? Yeah. And um, I got to say, like, I had a few, we'll say, grown-up snacks before I went to see this movie, and that was a good choice. Um <laughs> But along with that, uh, it was well, not cocaine. We cannot afford cocaine. No, 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 no. It is. You can't even uh, afford crack. Like it is. <laughs> it is. Let's not uh, dive down that rabbit hole. Um, but I got to say it, it was madness. And like after the fact, I came home and I looked at my wife and I looked at my mom. She's hanging out over here. And I was like, it was completely insane in the way you would imagine a bear who's done bales of Coke would be. But at the same time, it is it might be the most relentlessly violent thing I've ever seen in my life. Like. Did you did you watch uh, Violent Night? Oh, I I bought Violent Night. Oh, you did. <laughs> it, it's like that has this almost cartoonish level yeah. of violence where like cocaine bear is a lot more intense. Dude, cocaine bear is not screwing around like like one of the guys in the movie is played by uh, Jesse Ferguson, who plays Mitch on modern family. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. He he's in this movie and yeah. in a movie called cocaine bear, one can safely assume that not many people written into the script, make it out the other end of the script. <laughs> well, I would assume that that's the case. I, exactly. I mean, this is like a tongue in cheek, fun horror movie. That's loosely based on a true story, right? It's yeah. I would say that's actually because, a pretty good description because this did happen. This did yes, happen. This We're like did a bear, happen, which is got ended. That's insane drugs. to me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and poor Mitch. What a great idea for a movie, by the way. Like I, I saw the trailer for it. It at uh, uh, when I was watching um, Violent Night. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, they figured out movies. They did. They it. figured it out. Like 
it or just like, this movie knows exactly what it is <laughs> and it leans in hard but unlike snakes on a plane sounds like it's not actually boring like i couldn't believe how boring snakes on a plane actually was i just i was I, like I, what am i watching i did go see that too i <laughs> i mean granted i was in college at the time sure, yeah and i was like you know and you go with your girlfriend and you're not paying attention you're just making out the whole time i actually did pay attention because i like movies but okay you missed the point of <laughs> yeah i did uh i was new to you the nerd. whole game back at back in those days but all, all the same i i did get sam jackson and i did get some snakes that were on a plane so, so i mean you got what was promised my at the very least I did not go into that movie with high expectations. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to see Sam Jackson swear a bunch and there will be snakes. And speaking of, uh, you know, mixed expectations, quantum mania. Yeah. Yeah. We I saw quantum mania. I did, too. Frankly, I I thought it was fun. I didn't walk. Yeah, aw- no, I didn't walk away from it feeling like like I had any major problems with it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, what what did you think uh, without without spoilers for yeah without for folks spoilers who seen yeah it? yeah for sure because that hadn't been too long yeah you know it wasn't what I was hoping for I I did enjoy myself I had a good time I thought it was worth the ticket for sure um you know it wasn't like horrendously bad like some of the things no in, I didn't think in, it was either. in the in the fourth phase of kind of been right um but like it definitely could have been better too there were. Uh, some some weird things where my, my theory is that some stuff edited got edited out that maybe mm. shouldn't have and i i wouldn't i'll never know for sure of course but like so well, the, i mean I, in- this much i will say like it's it's ant-man and the wasp right yeah it's this is not a well-named movie mm. um the the wasp is only technically in it yeah um, that that's true it is an ant-man movie it is ant-man movie you know it unless you're going to say that by the wasp it means michelle pfeiffer's character huh. then it's like okay sure yeah um so like there's a lot of like really cool moments that happen in the movie that and was another fun one to have a few snacks for and uh because the visuals were nuts yeah like, for sure it yeah, was crazy I'm, to watch that was it was really cool I, i'm just numb to all of it now like especially mm. after the doctor strange movies yeah like, that's true i just don't get, like i caught myself like when i was bored is when they were all fighting <laughs> sure I, I couldn't stand it uh, I liked Jonathan Majors oh, as King. He, he's great he, in everything. He did amazing. He was you know, like, you know, it's the same thing with Thor Love and Thunder. It's like these guys, these villains are pretty sure that they're in a different film, right? Because mm. they're like laying it all out there and they're like doing their best. And the hero is always looking at the camera going, oh, my gosh, look at the villain. <laughs> look at them. Take this so seriously. What a fool. It's like, you know, I wouldn't mind if you took this a little more seriously, you know, like if you. I got to say, uh, having seen this, this movie, it was the first time I felt like I took Paul Rudd seriously as Ant-Man. Like the, the other, the other 
movies that he's had, I I kept seeing Paul Rudd mm-hmm. because he he's one of those actors, right? Where yeah. like he you know, he gets some good moments, especially in his direct conflicts with King. Yeah, where where it, there's a lot more of that dramatic flair that I'm looking for. Yeah, like, I'm definitely wanting a good MCU drama that mm-hmm. isn't so just wacky. You know? Yeah. Uh, like even Shang Chi that got like really close still did like whole like Trevor Slattery thing and like the weird butt monster thing. Like, mm. and where I was just like, like I'm done. Do we okay? have to. Can can we just accept that we all enjoy superhero movies and it doesn't have to like feel weird and it doesn't make you cool to call attention to it? You know what I mean? Like just just embrace what you're doing and go for it. You know, like so it sounds like you are asking for a middle ground between what the MCU is right now and what DC has been trying to do with the DCU. Well, yeah, the want, DC, like right in the middle where you uh, get yeah, maybe. you get the dark, you get the drama, but it's not it's not even dark. I what I'm looking for is sincerity, right? Because sure. part of what like didn't work with with the DC movies was just how like it's like gritty for the sake of being edgy. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like this one's for grownups. The other one's basically a cartoon. It's like, yeah, but your characters are now just completely unrelatable. Man, that's what I go to Deadpool for. Like, how is it that I witnessed Superman die and get resurrected and never felt anything at either point? Like, why did I have more of an emotional connection to Deadpool than I did to Superman? That's not right. Deadpool's more lovable (laughs) than Superman. That's just science. No, he's not. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) There, I said it. I, I'm really glad James Gunn is taking over the entire uh, DCU. Um, and I'm ready is, for more Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. Peacemaker was quite good. Oh. Like, Peacemaker has lots of jokes, and yet it tells some, like, real stories in between. Oh, you know? Peacemaker gets heavy a yeah, lot. It gets, it, it, like, you're joking and having fun, and then all of a sudden one of the main bad guys is, like, a Klansman, basically. And oh, that's. Man. They get they get right into like oh he was raised this way and it's kind of terrible and now he's realizing that what happened to him wasn't right or normal you know oh man like that's really good stuff man like I I never thought I would see John Cena like you know kind of get this level of like yeah I'm still doing fun buff guy acting but also there's this like I you can see the pain in there he's digging deep man. Yeah, you know, I really liked Peacemaker quite a lot. It was really good. That opening, that opening credit song too is <laughs> the jam. Man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, that, I don't know what it is about James Gunn, but I feel like he just he gets has, you. He gets the right rhythm. Like to me, I just want him to make all the movies. Um, they like very him good. and the him and the Russos. You know, I feel like they just do the best job. I'm ready for for Guardians three. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I. I saw the trailer for that and I'm like, man, that definitely looks like a better movie than what I'm about to see. <laughs> it looks big. It looks really it looks big. big. I like this movie. It's very big. It's very big. Um. Anyway. So what else has been new with you, man? Uh, well, Anything you know, we've, crazy. And we've been competing in esports again. And uh, we, we do, we did well. We've been 
we played tonight. We actually did lose, oh. um, but we were playing against last season's champions. Did you lose well? Well, we won the first match, and then we lost the second match pretty hard, and then we lost the third match modestly. Mm. And so, so it was like, okay, guys, listen, like you can win the championship if you would like to. The question is now just going to be, are you willing to put in the time and the effort? Mm. You know, do you like how bad do you want this? This is now the question. Interesting. Not, not is this impossible or possible? It's possible. It is possible. You, you, you've, you've proven to yourself you can do it. Now, how do you are you willing to just grind in in the in the words of the now famous refrain of Peacemaker's opening song. <laughs> do you really, really want to taste it? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Maybe for I any folks just play who want to the- track that down, it's called Do You Want to Taste It by a no band kidding. called Wigwam, and they're awesome. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, Get out yeah, there and taste uh, it, y'all. You got to give that to Gun too. He's got good taste in music. He does. He does. He's got really good taste in music. All his soundtracks (laughs) are just bangers left and right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And and, uh, I thought The Suicide Squad was also just great. I really enjoyed that. Um, It's a good movie. So so much. Again, differentiating The Suicide Squad from Suicide Squad, which was a terrible film. I just, you know, I it was that weird glorified trailer I sat through. I um, just I've realized that I don't know if I have it in me to find Jared Leto appealing. No, I don't. Look, I really love Dallas Buyers Club. And I think in that movie, that's where he, sh- he shouldn't be anywhere near comic books. Um, it sounds he, like it's just not a not a scene for him. He can't be in fun things. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. He needs to have like dramatic, like I'm trying to win an Academy Award type. Yeah, he needs that Oscar things, fuel. You know, uh, it, it, that's what he he wants. Like he would have been a good choice for the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Right. Mm. Like that would have been a better way to go if you if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Not that I want to replace Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's great. By the way, you see that that was teased the second one. Oh no! With with, with uh it, oh you 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 don't know you didn't see the teaser. I that? I did. I haven't seen anything. I I remember reading something a while you, ago. So they're mentioning bringing in that a, they were gonna try to do it. But yeah, they're bringing in Harley Quinn. Home are are they? Are they going to try to do it with Margot Robbie or are they using someone else? No, because it's a totally different universe and story, right? And so, no, they're they're using Lady Gaga. Wow, there's a choice. By the way, did you see, what's it called? Uh, The the House of Gucci. No, I didn't. She can act. She's good. Oh, I mean, yeah. just just looking at her, like any of her stage performances. I mean, Dude, she is a performer. Yes, like, she's a professional, like a really good. So I'm excited to see her do that. That Dr. Quinzel thing, because I think that's the angle they're going with it is that it is about her going on that like journey of madness with him. <laughs> Although it'll be interesting to see like whether or not, again, we're just looking at the unreliable narrator. 
Yeah. Maybe this is all happening in his mind, you know? Oh man. What if, what if Harley really was just a figment of his imagination? Like he just made her up. Yeah. But for this version of Joker, I could see that happening where he's so isolated and he's so messed up that he just creates everything. Um, But I hope they don't, necessarily do that because i don't want to go in and and have them go it was all a dream you know yeah i I want to i want there to be parts of a dream and i don't want to know what parts are the dream you know what i mean you want you want those inception vibes did you know did the spinning top fall over (laughs) like i'm definitely not one of those guys where i was where that version of joker i felt was like the best thing the culture had brought of that time where there were like, there were some like creepy dudes that were really into that movie. Mm. Um, but I was like, I really like how this is messing with me in terms of, I don't know what's real. Yeah. Um, like that's very fascinating. And, uh, I, I, I hope they do more of that. That sounds rad, dude. I'm cause it, it was called Joker, but it by no means felt like a superhero movie. Oh, because you know? it, hundred percent was not. Did you ever watch taxi? Cause I, I saw a taxi prior to it and like kind of preparation because everybody was saying that it was, that's what it was based on. And yeah, it's, it's pretty much taxi. You know, I did not see taxi. Yeah. Well, I would probably recommend that. Not with, not with your kids. <laughs> I probably I not even with your wife. I, I was going to say, frankly. I wouldn't imagine that a, that a, that a joker adjacent film would be, fodder for a four and six year old <laughs> no for, for sure not um i still haven't seen the king of comedy yet but that's the other thing that it's it's based on uh, um anyway i know we've been going on about movies for a while i one other thing i've gotten into lately has been uh minecraft dungeons actually i got ooh. I, I wanted to play some games with my kids I was like, you know, I got to reach out to my son a little better. There you go. And, and so I got that. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be like mega cringe. I'm going to hate this, but you know, whatever. I'm going to take one for the team. And I was actually really pleasantly surprised with how well it's designed, actually. Nice. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that. Uh, I, we, I also got the uh, Shredder's Revenge Ninja Turtle game. That's like the old school arcade game. Really? Uh, for for PS5. And that was especially fun for my wife and I to play because, you know, we could remember throwing the quarters into like a, the very, very similar game. Nice. Uh, you know, when we were younger. Right. Did you ever play that like a pizza party or something? That side scroller? Yeah. Or, you know, or, back, or possibly back the X-Men in the day, or our, the Simpsons. Our mall had uh, had an arcade called Aladdin's Castle, um, which I which I think was kind of a franchise. Like, I'm pretty sure there were other locations that they had in other states. Um, those but, were like my favorite games uh, when I was a kid. You know, like I, I, the whole reason I learn my times tables was because my dad used video games as an incentive so he would like coach me on learning my times tables back when you would memorize that kind of thing yeah and and my reward was like twenty dollars and quarters now my mind you this is back when like one game was one quarter and there were very few exceptions oh you could you you could stretch a buck that's for sure now you go in one dollar was four four lives oh my god and and so that was a big deal. And I, I 
took that to the mall and I played that side scroller X-Men game, you know? Yeah. Uh, from back in the day. And, and that was, that thing was so fun. And so like, it was, it was fun and nostalgic to play this game. That's very much an homage to, to that old school thing. Like the bad guys, you know, the boss like blinks red when they're low in health. That, um just how it's, bad people do in real life yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so um and then of course it had a few like new kind of modern sensibilities without like taking anything away just quality of life stuff yeah you know like okay now there's like a dash button great nice and you know kind of gives you a couple of iframes you know that's cool so there's a little bit of skill expression it's not just mash 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 although it's still mostly that <laughs> i'm down for the mash yeah absolutely absolutely um so that was that was really cool nice um in fact uh right before i got on i was playing minecraft dungeons just with my wife just my wife and i were playing it together that's how you know it's good like we didn't tell the kids we were gonna start you know we were like oh uh, although we, we did go out and get two more PS5 controllers and we were like yesterday or I guess Sunday, we were all sitting around uh, like four of us sitting there playing the game. And uh, that was and pretty fun. That was a good time. I'll tell you what, a PS the PS5 controllers are excellent. I don't oh, have a very PS5. Nice. Very nice. I bought one of the controllers to use with my PC and mm-hmm. it is my mm-hmm. main go to now. Like they feel that great. is a well designed bit of hardware. They've got a little bit of just texture on the outer shell. Yep. That just feels very nice. I love the I can't triggers even like describe too. it. Yeah, the and triggers it's not like feel nice. They do. Everything on it is real good. In fact, I used one of the, the new ones we got. Uh <laughs> So I built, I beat Elden Ring again last night. <laughs> I I don't know why I'm, I I'm I'm fresh out of Elden Ring I, snark. All I can say <laughs> is that I saw you, that they officially announced that yep. the expansion is in the works, yep. and I'm like, we're just what we're gonna do, dear listeners, is when that thing drops, we're just gonna take a month off, and Adam is going to just become a hermit for <laughs> a while and just go all in because that oh yeah game I'll, over I'll once that like a night um i think they're gonna make Mikola one of the bosses this time so i'm very excited about that nice um, and uh you know round out some of that missing lore uh that's there but anyway this last time i finished it off you know like it was um i i killed the final boss in three tries and wow. which is the by far the best I've ever done. And because usually it takes me like an hour or two to of like attempts huh. because it's like you essentially have to beat two bosses in a row. Right. That that's like, true. They do this whole stage thing. Yeah. And so, some of the uh, other enemies in the game have, you know, more than one stage, but sometimes it's like halfway through their HP bar. Then they right. transform like this is like you defeat a guy. It becomes a different boss. You have to now beat that boss. And that one's much more difficult. (laughs) Oh, man. And so um, it took me uh, on the third try. I finally got through phase one. And then I thought, well, now it's going to take me a few tries to get through phase two. Nope. Got it on the first try on phase two. Wow. Nice. And the part of the reason I was able to do that is because just my build was better suited uh, for what I wanted to do. So I was just using the Dark Moon Greatsword and just basically spamming the Ash of War. Mm. And and it worked. 
it worked better than the rivers of blood run I had done. Wow. And I was like, and that was, and that's pre nerf. And so anyway, between I am getting somewhere with all this between I like you. what I experienced with, <laughs> you know, all the different ways to play Elden ring. Cause there's so many ways to do skill expression in Elden ring. Sure. Uh, and then it combined that with what I've, been pleasantly surprised with with minecraft dungeons is i want to talk about the best episode of south park there ever was oh what's the best episode of south park ever oh ever good times with weapons good times with weapons that's exactly the objectively correct answer okay let's fight in love (laughs) (laughs) that's right let's fighting love protect Um, those balls all the time (laughs) protect them they're important they're important you know it's just it's biological we need them anyway um <laughs> so i wanted to talk about weapons and how weapons are expressed in games Ooh. and what we kind of want from our weapons i like do weapons. you like weapons i do i do <laughs> i'm a i'm a i'm a fan i'm a fan yeah. of weapons you know you, you've been doing more with weapons recently I, you've been having good times with weapons i have i have been having many good times with weapons i in fact i think i i think i almost ran over a 15 year old last night um we were <laughs> we we were doing some sparring and uh some of the younger guys who are um like probably mid high school but they're big enough where they have to basically come to the adult class instead of hanging out with well, the kids their joints work so that's nice. Right. <laughs> and so we're all geared up. And instead of just doing one on one, like tournament style sparring, we decided to do kind of a grand melee where it was four of us all just in kind of a free for all. And it was down to me and one of these kids. And we were both just dual wielding one handed swords. And I like kind of kind of punk the kid for a second like i kind of <laughs> like fake at him a bit and then i just rush him and i bat his swords out of the way and i just slam full on into this dude <laughs> and i mean he's about as tall as i am like he's not like a little kid but so you beat up some kid that's I, I just I went freight train on him. In, in fact, I think he probably more all, just all tripped 80 over pounds his, of Andrew. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually. Hey, I went to the doctor recently. I'm at about one ninety one. So, oh, wow. That's you know, way, much more than I expected. I'm 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 getting up there and I'm I'm able to do like, you know, probably 30 push ups in a row. I'm, Whoa. you know, I'm I'm getting there. Nice. I'm, I'm putting in some work, you know? Yeah. Feeling good. Are you feeling good? I, I am feeling good, especially That's once, good. uh, you know, once and you know this, like you, you were like hitting, hitting the exercise, like real hard there for a while. And I mean, yeah, I gotta get you back know, into it. like <laughs> once, once you, yeah, you never get out it. there and get moving, yeah. it does feel good. You get those endorphins. You, exactly. Um, yeah. So and, true. So true. And I've been, uh, but all, all that goofiness to say, like I've been learning, um, how to how to fight with a two-handed longsword uh how to do some one-handed stuff 
uh, sword and shield, different techniques for um, using two one-handers and things like that, the importance of footwork and all these different things that um, that go into a fight that that are especially things that don't necessarily show well on film. Like you always see these things on YouTube where like a sword fighting expert watches star Wars and he tells you what's wrong with everything and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Um, they put, they, they bring on guys that actually know these martial arts, but of course they, they alter everything so that it's readable to an audience. Yeah. You know, cause it was like, and those fights would be over like in seconds. Right. Even when you watch like UFC, like usually there's all this hype, all this buildup, all this hype, all this buildup. And then there's about a minute of fighting. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and it's over. There's there's so much technical, small technical stuff to it. That's that is very interesting. And when you're doing the fight, it's certainly not boring. But it doesn't necessarily show well. But at the same time, the way that we all experience media, you know, the video games we play, the movies we play, the stories we read, um, things like that. You get these very, very clear images in your mind of, you know, what what it ought to look like to to be using a, a big two handed sword or what it should look like and feel like to have a shield and on one arm and a sword in the other, or, you know, what a war hammer ought to do and things like that. And you, you get these, whether or not they're accurate, these very clear images in your mind um, of even the kind of person who would use those kind of implements. Right. So it's like a form of expression. Definitely. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about, you know, what a weapon feels like in film and in games and even what you might choose perhaps for, for a sport or I guess real life. I, although I think they were thinking less about the art of it at that time. Sure. They were probably just thinking, how do I not die? Um, well, but honestly, I would I would wager that it's probably a bit of both. I mean, well, that's always a safe wager, right? I'll, well, but I mean. Like, I'll, I'll say this, um, in some of the sparring I was doing, I was, um, I did a a few rounds using an ax instead of a sword. And I'll tell you what, a sword is an incredible weapon. I mean, just speaking realistically, the, the amount of things that you can do with a sword, the different ways you can move with it, the things you can get it to do and the amount of versatility that it gives you versus an axe, which is way more limited. Like if we were talking about being in a real situation, they're like, choose a medieval weapon to defend yourself with. It's a sword every freaking time, every time, unless, unless there's like pole axes available. But if it's, unless you're talking about some big with reach, a sword is incredibly versatile would would you wager that perhaps if you're looking at like an untrained populace of like serfs that maybe putting an axe or a mace in their hand might be worth it because all they are gonna have time to learn is swing this way frankly i i i would say that um would you say the sword is still preferred i i would say sword superior 
every time. Wow, just just all around better, well, huh? Because the the problem with an with an axe or a hammer is what happens if somebody gets inside that striking in? Then all you've got is haft. But mm-hmm. if you've got a one handed sword where you've got like you know about a two feet of blade, it's a bit lighter. It's generally going to be way better balanced because you don't have all that weight concentrated on the head of this thing. You can move it around easy. It's slim enough where you can move it between you and your opponent. You can do all Mm -hmm. kinds of crazy stuff with it. And even if you're not trained, that versatility would lend itself to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, being able to still defend themselves adequately in a way where it's like if they're using a hammer, like if you think about it that way, like it's actually far more nuanced. You might get somebody who's good with a war hammer, but that, but that guy is probably very trained with it. You know what I mean? Right. The, the skill curve is going to be higher. Right. Right. So yeah. Well, and then there's also just the utility of, like, as you mentioned, pole axes. So sometimes it's about, well, I have to deal with horses. And in the, in the case of hammers, it's like, well, sometimes I have to deal with people that are wearing very heavy armor. And oh, this man. Might, might be a better choice. I'll tell you um, what, like at at the at the club where I where I practice, like they've got a lot of boffer weapons that usually the kids will play with and stuff. And they've got some that are uh, that are spears. And you're talking about maybe a maybe a seven foot length of PVC pipe with some foam padding on the ends. Right. right like right. nothing much more substantial than like a pool noodle or something like that. But mm-hmm. even that they had to basically say these are only thrusting weapons because even that a like a freaking piece of PVC pipe and a pool noodle is if you swing that thing and land a headshot, even to somebody wearing a helmet, you can easily give them a freaking concussion. And that's with something that lightweight. You can jostle the tar out of somebody. So mm-hmm. you, now you imagine having a 12 to 14 foot half with a big freaking steel head and you bring that thing around and like well, you just you get a lot of leverage and momentum exactly right? you know? and it's so all natural. physics and it will jack you up. <laughs> so let me get a little bit away from the realism even though i'm sure, sure. it's connected i want to talk about you know what they feel like and what we might feel like in the fantasy of using them yeah right and so you're know, like you brought up the axe and the sword right now let me ask you just just need your reaction which you? of the <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm back okay <laughs> Uh, you're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. Just this is left. why you come. This is why you come over. Nobody's then, here. Shut up. Okay. Hey, um, that's fine. <laughs> I can make even worse jokes. <sighs> All right. Knee jerk reaction. Um, which one is the bad guy using the sword or the axe? The axe. Yeah. So why? <laughs> because, <laughs> because it has that kind of uh, that it's got it's got mean vibes, right? You know, right. it's got yeah. that kind of brutal sensibility to it where the sword is compared to the axe. At least it's got this more elegant 
feel to it. It's kind of more genteel, especially if you're thinking about something like a rapier, where it can even be like very elegant. Um, where yeah and we also align it with like nobility right because most of the time your your typical surf was not going to have any sort of sword oh if you if you had a sword people are like who would you steal that from right like whose family are you part of for for having that right yeah like in the samurai that was like illegal to own one if you're not like part of right the the family and like so like where does the axe even come from well like mostly you know farming implement right um i mean that's a lot of weapons really yeah a lot of most weapons probably are like well this is what i had yeah and technically if i swing that at a person it's it's going to do something but you know we we in our in our tales of of romantic chivalry you know we've equated nobility with righteousness which you know, it's probably not at all accurate, um, but you can't see. But um, I was I was pursing my lips and shaking my head as you said that I was like mm, salient. <laughs> very true. Anyway, very true. Yeah, it's true. Right. So like George R. R. Martin did, has done a great job of illustrating this. <laughs> Disabusing us of that notion. Disabusing. That's a good way to put it. Um, but having said that, you know, who has the hammer? The hammer seems to be this like exception, mm. right? Where the ha- the hammer is again, like it, it's like a symbol of justice. It well, right? a gavel, right? Yeah. It's like a gavel you know? in a way. It's also the smithing hammer, which might yeah. suggest that it was for something else. It's there. There is something particularly brutal about an ax. And depending on what the sword looks like, it could be for the bad guy or the good guy, right? Yeah. The good guy is going to have the straight sword that's symmetrical. Yeah. On both sides, the bad guy is going to have a more curved sword or possibly like serrated edges or a wavy, you know, sort of flamberge. You know, length. the 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 brutal sword design that I'm a big fan of is the blade design where it's where it's essentially just a straight up rectangle where the tip of the blade isn't mm-hmm. pointed it's just freaking flat and it's got those right. two hard corners at the top it's just <laughs> as just as like it looks it's like, like a, the steeple of death <laughs> like like you just put a big rectangle of iron with a freaking handle on the bottom and you just, it, it's just like a butcher's cleaver right and, yeah oh, they kind of had those in like the fable games yeah they had the those cleaver cool. weapons uh, and they're li- it also sounds a little bit like the orc swords from yeah, Lord of the Rings. So they have that like notch on the end. Yep. Um, I, I like those those ideas, too. And it's probably worth mentioning that, again, we probably relate oddly shaped swords to, well, this is what the foreigners are using and we don't mm, like that. Right. Yeah. And and so like we that's just something to be aware of. I think curved swords are really cool. They're not as good in Elden Ring, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Um, they're fine you can win the game with them but you know you know um i i just one thing i really really like if i may about go ahead about elden ring is the fact that the very first weapon you get you can finish the game with it like that every single weapon that you pick up in that game can be used in a unique fashion and to completion yeah that's true. Like there may be one or two exceptions where it's like, okay, like the basic short sword is not great. Right. Or whatever. But like 
that first longsword you pick up totally fantastic. serviceable totally serviceable you get two scimitars if you pick the warrior class you can finish the game they're wonderful they're great right especially since you can change the ash of war on them you yeah. can you can upgrade them it can basically be whatever you need them to be that so is that's super cool that's super cool and then like some of these really neat late game items that have you know super unique insane ashes of war you still might not prefer it because right. it uses stats you're not interested in or it just interfaces with a game in a way that just doesn't feel practical or fun right you know and so but someone else is going to love that weapon yeah and so, like, when it comes to, like, weapons in games, what I what I really want to achieve is this sense of identity that mm. where we connect the the wielder to their implement. Right. Because it is the expression of who you are. Mm. Right. Now, what's the difference between a battle axe and a longsword in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons? It's really no difference. Right. You know. They're both 1d8 versatile. You hold it in two hands, you get a d10. Um, that's it. That's that's all they do. Now, part of the reason why it's so simple is because we don't want to get bogged down with a lot of stuff. Right? right. And so we abstract a lot of these things. Fair. Totally fine. But then on certain items, especially when we get into um, feats and stuff, all of a sudden we have all these unique things that exist about pole arms, right? Yeah. But we, we, there's never this much differentiation. So when we choose a weapon in fifth edition, there's basically really only like four weapons that exist, right? Four or five, maybe. Mm. And everything else is like just a derivative, a color, a, right. a, a, a skin, like statistically, there's no difference between a glaive and a halberd, right? Except for one of them weighs more. Yeah, you know, which is you know okay. <laughs> well, and I mean that, which would matter in real life, but like right. it doesn't. But it doesn't matter in the game, and and the game is what what where we're at. That's where we're living, right? Right. And 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 so it's like okay, well, if I'm playing, you know, a more elegant character, and I want my character to say something more about being elegant, skilled, less brutal, I might go with the glaive. Uh, but if I want my character to feel practical, maybe more Western European, uh, maybe more soldiery, militaristic, I might choose the halberd, mm. right? Um, so they, they both say different things, even though they do precisely the same thing. Even though, again, in real life, they, they totally do different things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, well, one is a Swiss army knife on a stick. The other one is a, a, a big, long sword, basically. <laughs> yeah. There. I mean, it also comes down to just what the what the what the system, how the system is designed to function and the the level of weapon differentiation that's been designed intentionally into the system because you know like like you were saying looking at a lot of these weapons a lot of them if they're not literally identical they're very close they're and, very close and the differences are largely cosmetic Correct. um but on the flip side with the exception of using feats, which, you know, let's take a second. I freaking love feats. And I think that that's a great way to handle this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it's like an opt-in strategy. Right. And, 
you know, in terms of keeping the level of complexity where the designers of fifth ed D&D wanted it to be, it's it's not too hard to see why they why the weapons are the way they are. Um, But I do like that feats are a good way to come up with with interesting ways you can use different weapons. And I think what's interesting too is I feel like fourth ed D and D with their, um, the different, basically different powers that people would, would have. You'd have these different moves essentially. Um, and I thought that actually played pretty nicely into having, um, having it matter more with regard to what you were actually doing and how you were doing it. Like if you were using a sword and you did a spin and it did X, Y, Z, or, you know, it's, it's like how we talked about um, expression when it comes to monsters, like the ogre, you know, they say ogres are gluttons. They eat constantly and they've got these huge teeth and stuff. So you would imagine that they would have like a bite attack and things like that when they would behave in a way that matched that description about them. I think that what you're going after um, and, and I, I'm not saying this as if you don't know this, but for you, dear listener um, that you're looking for that same kind of expression to relate two weapons um, yeah i think um you know if you want to have this kind of gameplay if a tabletop role-playing game is to say okay one of our design goals is to um make weapons hyper expressive where the idea of picking up the battle axe and the longsword are different ex- experiences you know i would be interested to, to explore that mm. Um, cause in a real time game, like, you know, Elden Ring or, um, or Minecraft dungeons or really any of the other ones that right. have these, it's very easy to just say, well, here's the, here's the weapon combo and here's the area it hits. This is how it can possibly interact with another hitbox, Right. Right. And so that, that's a lot easier to like, at least like come up with a system. Right. Yeah. It's another thing to like, get all the animation, right. Or whatever, but. You know, it, it it's a little bit more apparent. How do we do this in a turn-based system where um, if we have to look up too much stuff, the game gets boring? Right, right. How do we we don't want combat to become a slog? So actually, I was playing this other game called War Tales mm. uh, that's on Steam. It's like a and it's a turn-based uh, game, a little bit like XCOM where but you control like a group of like mercenaries and they just kind of suck in the beginning and you go around the, the countryside doing quests and mm-hmm. your, your guys get a little bit better and a little bit better. One interesting th- thing that they do with their weapons is, you know, they basically have a reach of some kind, but then it, it, otherwise they just kind of have a damage value. But if you spend like a resource point, they have a unique thing they can do. Mm. Um, so, like, for instance, using pole arms of some kind typically allow you to do some sort of like readied attack where if like somebody, you know, comes at you, you can stab them first. Right. Interesting. That's something that the that the sword wouldn't necessarily have. Hmm. And the axe might have like a brutal strike. And for one point of resource, 
you know, you ignore some armor or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I thought that was interesting. So it's not like spammy every turn. Right. You, you do the special thing, do the special thing, but that you had to like pick the moment that you would use that expression particularly. So I, I, what did you think? What do you think of that kind of idea? And do you have any other ideas or when it comes to like doing turn-based weapon expression? That, that is really interesting. Having the, having the, the pole arm grant basically a ready to tack is, is neat because it makes it, sense. It's a, yeah. It's a, because you have the it's range brand. It's giving you, it's giving you literally more time to, to think which is which is very cool um, it says something like my character is more cerebral they think more about like strategy as opposed to just using overwhelming force they are they are reddening themselves to react to someone else's aggression there's personality in that right that says something about who you are now which i think is really the secret sauce we want to get to what i wonder though is what if you want to play somebody who who is that kind of brutal, but you want them to be brutal with a pole arm. Mm. Right. Yeah. Cause so like now you can, you can design any of these to reflect a certain kind of theme and idea, but can we now add on that second layer of feeling within the, a certain weapon set? That's interesting. Or can, That's interesting. or can you make the, can you make the weapon, how the weapon functions adaptable and flexible to, to the given character where, where the character can choose different ways to use it that will lean thematically in one direction or another. Well, um, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because in the game I'm working on, uh, mm. <laughs> Um, this is, this is the design philosophy I'm trying to achieve. Right. Sure. And, and so my strategy with it and, and I curious to hear your thoughts about it and any listeners that, that are interested in sharing, you know, um, you, you spec into having certain techniques, which, um, I'm not sure if they're locked into a weapon yet, or if they can be kind of matched up differently, hmm. however you want, but like you're sp- you're, you, there's a technique that allows you to essentially, you know, uh, stab someone who's charging you and use mm. it that way. There's, but there's also one where you can impale someone. And then if you spec further into it, you can eventually lift them up after being impaled and then slam them on the ground. Mm. Right. And so I'm like, okay, there's a lot of it, not just skill expression, but like personality expression. Your paladin's not going to do this, right? But your your brutal warlord guy is going to do things like this. Um, now, I I wonder why do you say that the paladin wouldn't do that? Because who's to say that there isn't a paladin who would? So w- what I guess I mean by that is I would not expect a heroic character to use moves that feel like they are relishing in violence or that they are like maiming a body. Uh, okay. Like there, I would, ex- I would expect a heroic character to fight and win as if in as few strokes as possible to end conflict quickly mm. or to possibly allow an opponent to surrender. Right. There's, there's no, 
do you yield after I've impaled you? <laughs> right? Like, sure. We we expect more elegance, more uh, mercy, perhaps, or even just swiftness, which I guess it could be another form of mercy. Right. I love the idea of the of the samurai quick draw sword strike. Right. And mm. this is a wonderful fantasy that they illustrate well in Ghost of Tsushima. Right. Um, where they had the, the standoff function. And if you release the button at the right time in the standoff with the other guy, you should kill them in a single stroke. Mm-hmm. Right. And that to me is just so, so cool. And that's like right out of the movies, you know? Yeah. So you get part of that fantasy as well. But regardless, I mean, you could, you can illustrate this however you want, but the tools are there. Right. To say, yeah, maybe you, my guy is more heroic and he impales people. It's like, okay, I'm not going to get into like an argument with you. Oh, no, no, maybe, no, no. Maybe they just like, I don't know, maybe he's particularly angry, right? <laughs> Paladin of Vengeance, I guess. I don't know. Sure. But either way, like what we want to do in these stories, because like when you look at film fights, some of them are boring and some of them are exciting, right? Right. And I think a lot of times, whether or not they are exciting has more to do with this with the expression they're having between their characters, as opposed to like the choreography being particularly interesting. Right. I I, like the the uh, Star Wars prequel movies are famous for having really not bad choreography, Mm -hmm. but they feel sort of just whimsical and sort of meaningless. Mm. And there's, there doesn't feel seem to be a really big difference between how the Jedi's fight versus how the Sith fights until we get to like Darth Sidious. Then he fights totally differently than everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Which, which I really enjoy. Um, like nothing he does is pretty. Everything he does is terrifying and ugly. Yeah. And that's cause that's who he is. You know, uh, people really like to look at like Avatar, the last airbender. Mm hmm. And they they talk about the fight between Aang and like, I don't remember what his name is, but like one of the fire guys. I need to get around to watching that. And he like he basically lets the bad guy express all of this like rage and power. And he like is much more efficient. And the way he wins the, the fight is by separating his opponent from his power and basically cutting him off. Hmm. But but leaving him otherwise unharmed, you know, and that's and that says something. Right. Right. I think that's cool. I don't know. It is cool. The 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 question for me is like a lot of this stuff, translating it into exciting tabletop RPG play where it's where you're dealing with multiple people. Yes. Like like the the samurai single sword stroke kill it's badass for sure but it's not exciting especially not for everyone at the table and especially not if it's if you are hoping to have an exciting exchange like the 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 one shot kill is gratifying to one person right Mm. well i don't know about that i i I mean you know what i I mean though i think a good team you know roots for each other you know we haven't always experienced that but like you know, I think, I don't know. I, I've definitely seen a lot of tables get excited when someone else does the cool thing. Right. Okay. But if uh, we, if we were in, uh, in a group together, you and I were amongst the PCs and we were walking up to fight, you know, the big bad 
and I have my dude go up and somehow I managed to just like cold cock the dude right in the face and takes him out. And all of a sudden, boom, no encounter. Like, no, well, I think that's an extreme example. No, but I mean, if there's like a boss and that person's, you know, you can't necessarily beat them in one hit, but you can kill a bunch of minions in one hit. That's fantastic. Oh, you know, sure. Like if you if you jump in and you do a cool move and it has a big impact on the fight, that's great. Sure. That's really cool. Sure. Right. That yeah. Is. I mean, so I guess what when I am imagining this game, I'm imagining a group of guys versus a group of guys, but maybe the bad guy side is a little smaller or vice versa, mm. depending on how many players we have. Right. Like if I have more players, I'm gonna have like bigger more threatening bosses right but probably fewer guys on the field right you know versus i have three players okay you're gonna fight a horde of bad guys i think it would Uh, i think it would fit nicely in a sort of um almost like a dynasty warriors sort mm -hmm. of uh this always brings us back to the minions from fourth edition right yep these little mooks that you can kill in one hit these are great yeah and i love those guys and i think I think it also works nicely when in a game where the combat is the main reason you're there. Like, and again, I know you are leaning toward the RPG side of things, but I feel like doing this kind of more elaborate um, combat based character expression can work really well in a board game where you can you're killing me man hey you're killing me hey it <laughs> like, it 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 freaking it freaking works and what's more there's nothing to say that just because it's a just because it's a board game just because it's it has some physicality to it that that doesn't mean that the rp needs to be thrown out the window like it can still be a huge part of it and it can even be a hybrid between the two yeah well I, you know, the goal here is, you know, we're talking about role playing games, right? You know, that's, that's what I want to explore. Now, do, do I want to have a grid and a map? Yes, I want to have those things, right? Like, if that's what you mean by board game, I'm in, right? Sure. If the, if this is a buy a box and all the rules are very abstracted, that's not what I'm trying to do. But like, I'm, I'm just saying, what are you doing? when you're not in a fight. Yeah. So I, I guess the same thing you would do in any role playing game where you, I, you know, talk to NPCs and explore and solve puzzles. Like you, like you would. I'm just saying it feels like the design aim of this is to like be in combat as much as possible. Right. No, 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 It's to make those moments of combat feel narratively meaningful. And while also having that sort of single player fun of working on my build and then trying out my build. So combat is an important part of it, just like it is in D and D. I mean, like most of D and D is combat rules sure right but then they then they have this other section that's like okay here's how many rations you eat a day Mm -hmm. this is how far you can move in a day of travel right 
Like, of course I want to have those things, but where am I going to start? Well, I want to know how we play swords at each other. Hmm. Like that, that is key. So, and one of, one of the things I'm trying to do is, you know, maybe get away from magic Hmm. so that there's a little bit more time for, you know, worrying about maybe things like reach. Yeah. Right. And so makes archery matter a whole lot. Well, yeah. And by the way, archery is something I've like barely even thought of. That's That's something that is a scary thing to think about. I I know that that's like down the road, but that has to be in it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's an absolute must. I also want to have things like kunais and ninja stars, you know, whatever, you know, that we can throw at each other, uh, ax throwing. I want there to be like a viable ax thrower build, right? Oh, totally. That would be like super fun. Um, and I want to do some maybe larger than life things with these weapons. Like I'm not trying to create a simulation, Mm. but I definitely like when I, when a player picks up an ax, I want them to feel like it is different. It is unique. They're, they chose the ax for a, for a aesthetic, but also strategic purpose. Mm. You know, um, you made a scythe weapon as an optional rule for fifth edition, right? And you, you had an adjoining feat that went with it. And the idea was the way that this thing is different is that you swing it into an area. Right. And so that's interesting because mm. now are, are you using your, your attack roll against everybody's armor class? Or is this now like a dexterity save? Mm. What is this? Right. Yeah. And in a way it was functioning more like a spell. And then, but then that, and so at the time I was like, well, this seems so different. I'm not sure it fits in fifth edition, mm. but in its own system where, where this is what all the weapons are doing. They're all doing something interesting. Mm-hmm. Does this fit a lot better? Because what we're essentially doing is we're removing spells from the game and then putting them back in <laughs> hmm. under the guise of here's a dialogue ability you have, or here is a weapon ability that you have. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So that, that is why I want this to be a role-playing game specifically. Sure. Um, that makes sense. I think so. Anyway, I'm interested to hear what kind of things people would like to have when it comes to having weapons in games. I would. Are you satisfied with fifth edition? Do you want something else? I'm I'm interested. I would be interested to hear not only what they would like, but how they would imagine it would be executed. Like, like I would like to hear the what, but I would also like to hear what they think the how would be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, do you want to think about things like reach? Do you want to think about something attacking faster than something else? Uh, this number of attacks going to matter? Uh, interaction with armor? Mm. Can that be varied? Do we attack people or do we attack spaces? Mm. Do we do we is there a difference between horizontal and vertical swinging or is this unnecessary? Mm. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in different types of mechanics, you know, and I'm working with ideas of different mechanics. And luckily, as a teacher, I have access to a ton of different unwilling testers. Ah, there you go. Uh, well, usually they're willing, um, but, you know, they might not have been otherwise. <laughs> 
Hey, take what um, you can get, man. Captive audience. Know, I've got is the whole nice. role playing club. And again, like after this whole OGL thing, I know a lot of people are like, uh, if I hear the word fifth edition one more time, you know, it, it's like, great. So let's talk about other things we can do. Mm. I just saw like a video from Matt Coville. He's making a game. Yep. Right. Cobalt Press. They're making a game. Black flag. So uh, people are getting on this boat and they're like, I want to make a game. Yeah. And so there's going to be a big influx of different things coming out. And, and uh, you know, one thing that you've wanted to do for a long time is just play more games. Yeah. So that so that we can just see what other mechanics are out there. So I'd also be interested if anyone has a good recommendation for, hey, here's a game that's similar to what it sounds like you're trying to do. Yeah. Because um, I would be interested in looking at that. Um, I know that there was a Game of Thrones uh, role playing game. Yeah. And I, I got so close to buying it so many times. Uh, and then I never quite did it because it's like $50, right? Let's, well, uh, as far as I know, the, the book, even the book itself, like even if you don't intend on ever actually playing it, if you're yeah. a fan of the setting and the novels and stuff, it's, like it's still worth it. It sounds like there, it's almost like it's kind of a sort of like the world of ice and fire where there's a lot right, of cool yeah. lore, a lot of cool art, um, things things like that um information just about the world itself and i think some nitty-gritty little details like that i think green ronin published it um really really cool book um you know it this also actually made me think that it might also be worthwhile to look at how uh how larping groups handle these sorts of things because i'm sure that there are some that lean more toward uh you know historical accuracy versus you know setting larp settings that might be like low or no magic where you know they might focus more on the nitty-gritty parts of combat and how how those things interact and what you can do in the middle of a fight and stuff like that. They might have some pretty interesting ideas too that might be adaptable to what you're trying to do. Well, I myself am not a LARPer. So if anyone is, yeah, and they have some insights, I would certainly like to hear that. You got um, me. But you know, if people want to to talk about possibly, you know, working on something like this or trying it out or just telling me why this is a terrible idea, you know, let me know. (laughs) We'll go from there. Right on. Um, So, but anyway, the main point of it being, um, you know, uh, the expression of weapons in games. And I, I guess we didn't explore it quite as much as I wanted to, because we talked so much about movies (laughs) at the beginning. Movies are fun fun, though. They are. They're a good time. Well, and I think, I think we at least, got on to it enough to get a good feel for for at least what you're what you're hoping to achieve and what you're kind of looking for um because i i think i think that makes perfect sense i think it's it it all ultimately just boils down to having a clear idea of the level of complexity that you're that you are willing to have in the system and then once you have that nailed down and once you know about you know roughly how fast you want turns to go and things like that then you start getting into like okay how much room does that allow me to 
have deep mechanics because if you want things going fast, they have to be able to be processed fast. And you just by virtue of that, you can't have as many options. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But on the flip side, if you're okay with that level of complexity and having things more slow paced, um, then that opens things up for doing a lot more sometimes granular things or more nuanced things. Um, and it's just finding that that happy spot where you get the pacing you want with as much of the flexibility and customization that you might be hoping to work in there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're on the right track, man. I hope so. And, uh, but if you would like to help me with the track, Hey, would be interested for anybody's feedback. And if you would like to give Adam that feedback, head on over to patreoncom slash inspiration point and support us at any level you want. And you will get access to our private discord channel, uh, or rather our private discord server. We have many channels for many different things. Um, you can come hang out with us and the rest of our lovely patrons have some nice discussions and talk about any kind of nerdy stuff you would like to talk about, including helping Adam workshop this idea. of his. So all that having been said, thank you for hanging out with us. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. I just waved as I was saying bye. I don't know <laughs> what, what I'm... It helps. It does. Anyway, cool hand-waving to nobody. <laughs> See you later, y'all. <laughs>